Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help with home, life, auto, or business needs. Phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Walk-ins are always welcome at 480 East Northfield Drive, Suite 300 in Brownsburg. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on WYRZ. Welcome back to Central Indiana Today. Once again, I'm Shane Ray, going to bring you part two of our interview with Phil Margo of The Tokens. He'll get into a little bit more of the history of The Tokens, as well as some projects he's worked on recently, and a different perspective on the lawsuit against George Harrison for his song, My Sweet Lord. Uh, you know, you mentioned Carol King there. Let's go back to uh, the chiffons. How did you guys hook up with the chiffons? Well, okay. It's very simple. We had offices at Capitol. Mm-hmm. After we had the line seats tonight, Capitol Records believed that we had some talent and might be successful as producers. So they gave us offices and a budget to make records. Mm-hmm. And we made records, and they were crappy. I mean, you know, <laughs> we didn't have a real discerning taste. We didn't know a lot about producing records except what we had naturally we didn't know how to pick material particularly you know and we weren't really good at it but we were learning mm-hmm. see and what everybody didn't realize that we really were learning when we when we went through our entire twelve thousand dollar budget for recording and we just and nothing happened um we're sitting in our office wondering what we're going to do next and this, this, the uh what lady calls from outside mildred said there's a uh a group here to see you, uh, you know, and they don't have an appointment. And we were knocking around. We couldn't get it to see people that easily, but there were a lot of people that just saw us when we knocked on the door, so we figured we owed that. Sure. So we said, let's listen to them. So we, we listened to them, and they sang He's So Fine and Oh My Love and all these wonderful songs. And so we figured out the only way we could record them is if we played instruments ourselves on it because we, we didn't have any budget left it goes back to that we learned how to play instruments Mm -hmm. we didn't have any budget left to hire studio guys to play the date right Mm -hmm. Uh, or nor an arranger (laughs) so we just took the girls into the studio i was on the drums you know we had uh, hank played bass uh we we, mitchell played guitar no i'm I'm not even sure yeah i think he played he might have been in school whatever we uh, and we and we kicked the song one two three but we play the intro and the engineer and then the girls then Judy starts singing, he's so fine, and the girls go, do-lang, do-lang, do-lang. Mm-hmm. So Johnny Q, Cuculo, he was the engineer, he stops the take, he says, look, that's a great thing, that do-lang, why don't you start with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So he said, okay, we'll start with it. One, two, three, four, bop, do-lang, do and that's how he's so fine, became he's so fine. And we went around to 12 record companies, and they all turned us down. Every major turned us down. Every label turned us down. Hmm. Okay? We went to Lori Records. They locked the door and wouldn't let us out until we made a deal. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's so, I mean, how it was, and, and Capital, who we offered it to at first, one guy in the A&R department didn't like the girls' group, and the other guy didn't like the song. How do you not like He's So Fine as a song? I don't you know. know. 
that was stunning to me. Yeah. I mean, I, and the girls were terrific, too. Judy had a great sound. I mean, what were they listening for, you know? Anyway, <laughs> the rest was history on that, because then it became a big hit record, and, uh, and, and you know, we... we He's, uh, one Fine Day mm-hmm. was it delivered to us as a gift by Carol. You know, because One Fine Day, she wrote One Fine Day, mm-hmm. she called me up, she said, hey, I got a great follow-up for the chiffons, and we wound up using the track that she had cut for the demo and just added to it because it had such a great feel. That's actually her playing the piano on that on that session. So we did do I Have a Boyfriend and a Love So Fine, and... And, a love, and I Have a Boyfriend is unique because it's the first time a record used the guitar plugged through the Leslie speaker of a B3 organ. Really? Yeah, no one ever did that before. So yeah. we kind of did. We did a lot of things that no one ever did. Now, there's another song, and you can tell me if you guys did that one, My Block. Yes, the four pennies. That's probably, even though it wasn't in the top four, I think it made the top 50, if I'm not mistaken. That's probably one of my favorites by them. It's a beauty, yeah. Mine too, mine too. And that also has, we had to splice out a quarter of a a castanet beat in that record. I'll never forget that. (laughs) We were at Music Maker's studio, and the guy, the engineer, cut out a piece of tape, maybe less than an eighth of an inch. Hmm. You know, because you couldn't edit like you do now with, uh-huh. uh, digitally, so you had to cut tape. Yeah. And and that one, and I and again, I could show you, if we ever if you ever listen to the record, I could show you where the where the you know right where that splice is, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I didn't forget. <laughs> and we, you know, and the Chiffons had a pretty good, pretty good, uh, you know. They had a good run. Run, yes. Yeah. And it also led to Randy and the Rainbows, Denise. We went in, just did an experiment to see what we could get with them, and we and we had to cut two takes together of Denise. It's not one complete take. There's a splice in there, hmm. and um, but uh, but we get, but Laurie liked it, and we made him give us a very large advance, which was <laughs> unheard of then, and and that redounded when when they promoted it, and it wasn't happening right away. They decided because they made a bigger investment, is they'd stay on it an extra week. Mm-hmm. And that extra week broke the record. Hmm. You know, so how one event affected the other is so interesting in our lives. And the record became a hit, Denise, you know. Yeah, yeah. In fact, in fact the last episode of The Sopranos opened up with Denise. <laughs> well, we have a girl, uh, a, a lady who runs a front office, and every time I play that song, I say, this one's dedicated to Denise, because that's her name. So oh, that right. gets a lot of play here on the station, too. That's hey, cool. Top 10 song, 1963. Yep. Now this was uh, um, this was it was the business called Bright Tunes. Bright Tunes Music, yeah, and Bright Tunes Productions. Okay, was this the same Bright Tunes that wound up having to go to court with George Harrison yes, with indeed. My Sweet Lord and He's So Fine? Yes, indeed. Now, were you still involved with Bright Tunes at that time? Yes, I uh, was. Yes. <laughs> well, what happened was we heard we went to the Bangladesh concert. Uh huh. We had, were given tickets by one of the labels or something, and we had these lovely seats, and we're sitting there. And then all of a sudden, George Harrison breaks into this song, My Sweet Lord. And I, look at, I looked at, I don't know who was with me, I think my brother was with me. I said, what the heck? That's he's so fine exactly. I mean, it's not even 
trying to hide it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I thought that, that it was uh, a, a, an infringement on that melody. Well, sure. You know, I said, you know, hey, what is that all about? And so we, we got lawyers involved, and they went to court, and, and, and you know, we, we prevailed to a degree. I still am unhappy with that settlement, because we should have been awarded the copyright of the song, My Sweet Lord, with a new lyric, with, with the He's So Fine, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We should have been given that. Sure. You know, I don't think that justice was done, but, you know, George Harrison was George Harrison. It's hard to fight that. Mm -hmm. So when he sits there and says, well, I didn't do it on purpose, the judge would tend to believe him, but I don't think they talked to Phil Spector, who knew he's so fine, because he was, you know, he knew it quite well, because we were friendly with Jeff Barry and Ellie Greenwich, and we used to listen to each other's stuff all the time. And he, you know, and they did work with with uh, with uh, Phil. So, you know, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was. It's a landmark case. It, it has its yeah. own. It has its own cabinet in the Library of Congress. Actually. Oh yeah. Well, it just went on for years and years, and it, it's such a mess how all the parties are involved. You know, like you mentioned, Phil Spector, who produced the Beatles, as well as George, and then also was involved with with you guys, and then Alan Klein, who yeah, was. Bought it. Yeah, I mean, he, he started out. He started out as in the case as George's right. manager, and then turned around, and he wound up having to sue George also as part right. of the. <laughs> I know. I know. It just goes to show. Well, all we were doing was defending our copyright. You know, right. I mean, it was nothing personal. Hey, you did us. You used our melody. What is that all about? Did you ever get to talk to him about it? No. So it was strictly. We never got to talk to anybody. He's so fine. Let's move on to a very popular group in the in the later '60s, and I, I would say this is where BT Puppy managed to uh, come out on top with the happenings. Yes, uh, started out uh, making it to number, uh, I believe, number three in 1966 with "See You in September," yes. and yes. all of their stuff, all of their big hits came out on BT Puppy. Yes, because they had changed some personnel and gotten some people who know how to promote records. And, and by the way, we were not the happenings, we, we were never the happenings, we never sang on their records, it was them, Bobby Miranda and his group, they were extremely talented. We gave them See You in September, they came up with the, with the, um, um, Go away, little group, girl, group parts and all of that, and, and I got rhythm. I remember after See You in September, we were having a meeting to, as to what to do next, and my brother says, I got rhythm. So, so uh, Bobby Miranda looks at him uh, like, you mean like Ethel Merman? I got rhythm. He, and they said, no. Fours. Do it with fours. Bam, 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 bam. You know, and he showed them what they should do. And Bobby's eyes lit up, and they came back with the exact arrangement, including that little opening that it had. Mm -hmm. And when we walked away from mixing that record, I said to everybody, this is a number one record. In this fast and troubled world, We'll be back on Thursday to bring you part three of our interview with Phil Margot. He'll talk about working with Tony Orlando and Don, among other things, including projects he's working on right now. And it's only right here on Central Indiana Today. This has been Central Indiana Today, presented by the Kevin Kersey Agency on WYRZ. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency.
The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help with home, life, auto, or business needs. Phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Walk-ins are always welcome at 480 East Northfield Drive, Suite 300 in Brownsburg.